You're about to listen to episode 64 of Women Who Kill. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. Helps a lot. Helps new people find the show. The more people find the show, the longer I can keep doing this. And I would like to keep doing this because uh, there's not really anything left to do. There's not anything else to do. Uh, this is this is my life now. This is actually... I'm, I, I'm kind of happy not... Uh, having to leave the house for anything ever again so uh yeah let's keep doing this you guys um if you want to send me an email you can do that at wwkpodcast at gmail.com if you have suggestions of uh, people you want to hear on the show or people you want to hear us talk about on the show go ahead send that over uh also if if i've talked about you on the show and 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 you're mad about it uh if if you think i got some details wrong and you want to let me know from from prison from death row uh you know send me an email uh our guest today very funny comedian and writer i think she's a writer as well i i I can't remember very funny comedian writer emily duke all comedians are writers well that is arguable (laughs) i mean you technically have to like I think improv technically is writing. Like, I'm like, right now I'm writing because it's going, what's in my brain is coming out of my mouth. So uh-huh. on some very micro level, it's like, you know, it's it's written by my brain. This brilliant sentence is, you know, premeditated is basically what I'm saying in like a very micro matrix way. So, yes. But I also do write um, like screenplays and such. Oh, okay. And those are not in- improv. They're not. Um, I don't just sit at a computer and like microsecond premeditate what I'm going to write and then say like, great job, Emily. Kudos. Uh Um, Instead, I obsess and pour over it like the, you know, true Hemingway that I am. But okay. uh, So you you drink a lot when you're writing? uh, I would say I think about drinking a lot while I'm writing, which I really think is is the crux. For anyone who's who's listening, um, who's wondering, all of my episodes of this show since the pandemic has began have been remote so even though it sounds great you might you might be saying to yourself this episode sounds amazing they have to be sitting in the same room together no we're not we're not we're like be safe i'm on truly the other side of the country yeah i I am just that good at this so you're welcome everybody (laughs) now uh the today we're gonna be talking this before i actually talk about who we're talking about this. I went in, I fell into such a rabbit hole when I was I mean, researching. With this particular person, I will not like spill the beans in advance for you, but <laughs> there's really no way to not like just because <laughs> of the like, this is not like a Lizzie Borden, like private, like I went off and did my thing. Like, this uh-huh. is like a member of the Avengers. Like, it's really, it's part of, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The evil as Avengers. Far as <laughs> yeah. It was the Manson I, Cinematic oh, Universe. Jesus, so <laughs> I fell so far into this rabbit hole. I was I was researching the hairdresser. I was oh I oh, was I didn't get to the hairdresser. Oh my god, we'll we'll get into it. We'll we'll, we'll we won't dive in deep because uh we're, the story's not about him. But we'll talk about it a little <laughs> bit. I was um, okay. I was researching who owns the house now. Who's lived in the house since? And I didn't mean to. Oh. I just I just ended up going there. It's Yeah, and then before I knew it, it was the middle of the night, and I was banging on the door, and I had moved in, and yeah, that's that's what happened. (laughs) Never. No, never. I would never live in a murder house. Um, Black people don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, fair. (laughs) White people love to visit. uh, Not Scenes of craziness. Live there. For the history. (laughs) I feel like white women only live in murder houses because their white husbands make them. Like, I do feel like it's really only white men that seek it out. Uh Uh-huh. To be like, look at my big dick. And it's like, okay, we're all very impressed. But also, your wife is getting murdered. But also, you probably did it. True. True. So, we're going to be talking about Patricia Krenwinkel. And it's probably not how you pronounce her name. But if there's one thing I like to do on the show, it's mispronounce the names of people who are definitely guilty. Okay, so I don't know what this means to anyone, but 
in my research, I also decided that I didn't want to know how to pronounce it. So I normally like to like listen to stuff about people and like watch random like news clips, whatever. And I was like, uh-huh. no, I don't want to know because every time I read Patricia Krenwinkel, yeah. I imagine that it was Henry Winkler's mother. That's who it was in my head. And I'll also do this. Uh, whenever I'm talking about a murderer who is uh, not an American murderer or they have a name that is not an American name, I will research and make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Cause like, I don't want to respect the murderer personally, but I want to like not sound like a stupid racist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't want to be xenophobic yeah, about it. Yeah. You just want to like be against murder, right. but not like murderers from a certain country. I get that. Exactly. I respect that. I think that's good foresight on your part. For everyone who's listening, Patricia was a member of the Manson family. We'll get into that. One thing I want to I start with though, because I thought it was hilarious and, and I'll forget to talk about it later, is did you know... Every source that you can find online says that Charles Manson was five foot two, but he was not. I, I knew nothing about this. And it made him really mad. Wait, okay. So he had a Napoleon complex? No, or was he was this actually. Like the media was trolling him. Kind of. Because he says when he says when I was arrested, I was five foot seven. He said this to Diane Sawyer in an interview. And he says, and then all of a sudden in a newspaper clipping. Someone says I'm five foot six. And then. Oh, so it happened slowly. Like it, like the fake news built. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so by the time he died, he was officially listed on the internet as five foot two. The fact that like four companies control all of the media on the globe <laughs> for the first time yeah. just showed value to me. Yeah. Like for the first time, I'm like, fuck the free press. That's fucking awesome. Like that is so dope and i'm so excited that i imagine like they all got in a room together and we're like we're gonna fuck with charlie manson we're gonna just slowly but surely say shorter and shorter and that was like their big contribution yeah like the only thing that could get under his skin was being like bro why are you so short like (laughs) like what's your deal bro look at this little man brought it up with diane sawyer (laughs) it's funny because he's saying it as if it's like a fact that isn't physically apparent in front of her. Like, it's like him saying like, oh, they think my birthday is in February, but it's in June. Like, she has no way of substantiating that. Him talking about his height, like, they're sitting, like, she can see him. Right. But the rest of America can't. (laughs) The only reason I looked it up was because I saw um, a picture of some guards walking him somewhere, and he looked so little. And I was like, man, I wonder how tall he really is. And people were like, he was, he was short, but he wasn't that short. And I just, they just I find it so hilarious to add to the conspiracy. Yeah, it's so funny. Oh my god, I love the like weird like Manson version of QAnon where it's like they're all like, no, that's the big conspiracy is that they were just trying to make us believe he was short. <laughs> like that's how the universe dealt with this. Yeah. Okay, so back to Patricia. Patricia Diane Krenwickel. I'm gonna pronounce it different every, every time, time I we say do it, it. We have to say it differently. Yeah. Was born December third, nineteen forty-seven. You know, how's your horoscope? How's your how's your like very decent as far as solar and lunar signs but here's what i need to explain to you is that i do not believe in just solar signs uh-huh. so like december 3rd does mean sagittarius yeah. but like i believe that you're much more influenced especially when it comes to murder uh-huh. uh most likely by your lunar and your mars sign oh and so I you're, de- you're in deep chart for her oh yeah no, okay no, no, no. i'm like v- okay deep so, you, yeah, I was going to do her chart, but then uh, they required an email address. And I was like, uh, they're probably not going to send it to my email address. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> going to be like this weird dude is looking at the serial killer's yeah. natal chart. That's not dope. <laughs> I can end up on a watch list or something. Uh, yeah, that's not great. You know, all those watch lists that are just like following, you know, dudes in 2021 that are following people that killed 50 years ago. <laughs> So uh, what was she, like a Sagittarius or something like that? Yeah. But again, I don't know the lunar or Mars sign, which I think would be more valuable as far as killing. Okay. Well, what is what is it? I uh, have based on the information that, that we she have. was a lunar Pisces. I believe she was a lunar Pisces. Okay. So I am a lunar Pisces. Uh-huh. This is something that we share, which is basically you're an emotional jellyfish. Um, what does that I mean? Just like very like hypersensitive, like okay. hyper, hyper, hypersensitive. And we know that she was really bullied. We know she debated being a nun. Like, again, I don't want to like step on your toes about what you're going to get into. But like there are definitely signs that she was 
very affected by people early in her life. And then there was like a massive pivot, most likely at her Saturn return uh-huh. in like her like late 20s, early 30s, where she went into another house and just became like completely disconnected. You mean from, when like, you say another house, you, you're talking like star houses, which. Yes. Okay. I'm getting like okay. real deep. Okay. I did not think you were going to ask me this question. I didn't know it happened. Every time. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get into some weird shit real fast. But again, I don't know her natal chart. This is purely conjecture. Well, do you know what? But I what, just think what she Manson's? was hyper empathetic and emotional. And then she had a pivot during her Saturn return, which like most people change very drastically in their Saturn return, which is generally between like 28 and 30, where she just became completely non-empathetic. Oh, so you yeah, don't think it's 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 emotional maturity that happens around that? that age for it is almost for a everyone? lot of people but not serial killers uh-huh okay yes. fair enough that's fair so so uh so yeah that patricia apparently was born into uh i guess a, a kind of i don't know what's a normal family she was born in los angeles so her dad worked in insurance which uh-huh. is just like a fake thing like that's like a screenwriter wrote this bio like people's dads actually work in insurance and they become serial killers like that just feels yeah that felt made up to me it felt like charles manson is five two to me but i'm sure it's true well when i hear that someone worked someone's dad worked in insurance all i'm actually hearing is that he didn't want to be there oh good call good call oh that's dark because no salesman in the 40s and 50s was ever home they had to do that shit door they were either they were door to door. That was the only way to sell shit. Yeah, they didn't have like emails. Yeah. They just had like leaving your wife and children. Yeah, you had to collect your, you had to build your email list in person. Yeah, and you had to like sew buttons on your jacket on your, like all by yourself because your wife is at home, but like you don't know how to sew a button. So like your button's all wrong and everybody's like, what a sad, sad man. Yeah, so you either don't have buttons or you're rich enough to, to go to a tailor. Every time you you need a new button on the road. I feel like Patricia, I feel like Patty Kay's dad was not like Taylor, button Taylor rich. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I did not get that sense. Yeah. Now, I'm wondering what part of L.A. Uh, she grew up in. I wasn't able to find that information because that would be really interesting if it was like, you know, like Highland Park or I something. I feel like it probably like, wasn't L.A. Ho- Hollywood, like Los Feliz. like, do we know it was actually properly in Los Angeles? We don't. I'm assuming. So So it could have been like uh, Fresno. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of times they're just like, it's LA. It's Southern California. There you go. (laughs) And like, they're not wrong. Like a lot of the time. Yes. But like, I do feel like there's an option, especially because we know she got super, she was really Catholic and she wanted to be a nun. So I feel like we have to look at like really religious little like cul-de-sacs. I also, again, could be totally wrong, but I feel like everybody in the 40s and 50s lived in, like, a cul-de-sac that had, like, a varying degree of belief in, like, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's, like, how you could kind of get a vibe check. Okay, well, she went to uh, three different high schools during her high school period. Uh, One of those high schools was University High School, which is uh, close to uh, Santa Monica. The, okay. the other high school was called Westchester High School, which was... Um, Isn't Westchester near, like, LAX? Yeah, Playa Vista, Inglewood, El Segundo. Okay. That little triangle. So, yeah, so you're kind of right. Because uh, both of those areas, especially in the early 40s, super, super white. Also, I'm, and I'm pretty sure, like, on purpose white. Like, sundown towns, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything was very, the segregation was very intentional for quite some time. Yeah. So apparently Patricia was, was bullied at school, uh, which, you know, who the fuck was, if you're in, I, an interesting adult, you were bullied at school. Gail, boo fucking who. Okay, but I need to chime in here because this was, honestly, this was part of the reason that I wanted to talk about her, is that, okay, the thought that they are actually saying for context of this woman who was a murderer was like she was teased uh-huh. Uh-huh. for being fat, fat and, and hairy. being hairy because she had an endocrine condition. Yeah. Like that is truly 40% of 
girls that I know. Like, right? I'm like, cool. Like, maybe she was, I'm sure she had other stuff going on. Like, she was definitely a loser because you can still be popular as a fat, hairy person. And like, <laughs> I was. So, like, suck my dick, Patty Kay. Like, you needed to do better. And this is not a good backstory for murder. <laughs> yeah. The other scapegoat that she was given was that. Her parents got divorced, and it was a bad divorce. Okay. My parents are also divorced. Right? Again, I'm feeling very much like Patty is just like, hey, I'm taking your life, but I was never put on Prozac, <laughs> so I murdered people. Like, no, that's bullshit. Like, just be stronger. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, her parents divorced. She, uh, she, but also, how bad could your life have been if you actually graduated from high school? Graduated from high school and then moved. Like, first of all, she lived with both her parents. We also know later on her father bailed her out of jail. Oh, like, right, she clearly yeah. she had a very good relationship with her parents. Like, she lived with her father her senior year of high school after they got divorced. And then she moved in with her mom. So I was like, okay, you had a functioning relationship with both of your parents. Right. And you just, like, fucked off to San Francisco because you had a boner for, like, a guy who's 5'2". Like, no. Well, apparently, uh, her her she had a stepsister who she says got her into drugs and alcohol. Now, again, who of us hasn't had a sibling who's gotten us high? Uh, also, when people bring up stepsisters, I'm just like, yeah, like you're not Cinderella. Shut the fuck up. Like, I just, I can't. Like, I just can't. <laughs> it was like, my evil stepsister. Yeah, like, no, it wasn't. Like, you're just tripping on acid and, like, think you have an evil. Like, again, so much of what I read, I was like, I'm sure this is fact, but it reads... Like a bad screenplay. But also, I've never done acid. Uh, does it make you want to kill people if you if you do a lot of it? I mean, so in my experience, which is not extensive, so I haven't done acid, but a lot of people in my life have, and a lot of people in my family have, and I actually have schizophrenia that runs in my family, and so. Which, again, it probably wasn't actually schizophrenia. It was, like, the 50s when they were like, you have your period. It's <laughs> schizophrenia. Like, I don't know. But, like, theoretically, I was always told, like, schizophrenia runs in your family. So, like, don't do acid. This woman like, has okay. opinions. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, no. My second cousin in the 40s, like, maybe was a lesbian. And now I can't do acid at a rave. Like, okay, cool. Whatever. It was good parenting on my parents' part because I was fucking terrified. But yeah, supposedly acid can, like, trigger, like, mental, like, issues that are probably latent. So you can start to believe certain things. It's not like you're high on acid and you're just going to start killing people. It's just like if you had some deep, dark belief, it can, like, arise. Uh-huh. Okay. But I don't think it's not like bath salts where it's like you just like become really aggressive. <laughs> like most people who do LSD are like very fine and just kind of like I can I tell an LSD story yeah, very quickly? Yeah. Okay. Oh God. I really I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna say his name, so this is okay. I have a friend who told our other friends that he was worried about tripping because the last time that he tripped, and he was very serious about this, he was like, I just kept seeing dicks. Uh and we were like, okay. And he was like, I just kept seeing dicks and like, I didn't like it and I didn't want to see dicks anymore. So I'm just really nervous that like, I'm going to have another dick trip. And Wait, like, what, what did he do? mean seeing dicks though? Like, in I, I, I don't know. He just was very, it was like after. Like, was everything a dick? Like, I or think everything was like a dick. Like, I feel like it was like a super bad or... thing. I think he just thought everything was like a dick, like. Again, I don't know if it was more metaphorical. And from what I can tell about people talking about their trips. Like, like did the dog run into the room really and the dog just looked like well. a big walking fuzzy dick? Like, I don't think it was like a big fuzzy dick. I think it's more just like you see dick energy. Like, again, every time I talking to people who do a lot of hallucinogens, which uh -huh. I do a lot of because a lot of people in my life do a lot of hallucinogens. Yeah. And they're always like, you just like can't understand. It's another dimension. So like, again, I can't get a straight answer from him about okay. what he means by I okay. kept seeing dicks. But he said he kept seeing dicks. Anyway, he ends up dropping. And a couple hours later, I go outside and there's, uh, we were in like, uh, like very rural area. And I see him literally peeing up against a tree and he's holding his dick and just screaming, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> he, saw, he was seeing a dick? He was seeing his own <laughs> dick while urinating and it fucking terrified him. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the only dick. I don't know if that, again, 
very unclear. I could not get additional <laughs> clarification. But like, again, I feel like that's what happens with Aztecs. A lot of like holding your own dick and screaming, oh shit. I don't think it's like murdering people. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> okay. So going back to Patricia. Uh, so she, she graduates from high school, uh, starts living with her half-sister, stepsister, whatever Wait, you want to call hold it. hold on. I have to ask one more thing. Yeah. We know that she was teased for being fat and hairy. Yes. And yet she is neither fat nor hairy in any photo that I've seen of her? Well, actually, I could tell that her arms were very hairy in the one photo that I saw of her where she was wearing short sleeves. Oh, no. But she's wearing long <laughs> sleeves in, in most of the other photos. You can see okay. her. But I still feel like but she, she didn't have like not... a beard or anything. You know, but like... they describe her like with like, yeah, they talk about her when they're talking about her being bullied as a child. Like she looked like Shrek. Like it's like, <laughs> no, she was just like a normal fucking bitch going through puberty. And we're all like, of course she murdered the model. Like, shut the fuck up. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted. So after she graduated high school, she's uh, living with her, her dad and her stepsister. And at some point leaves to go to Alabama to uh, go to school, go to, uh, uh, how do you pronounce it? I have no is idea. Is it Jesuit? Is it Jesuit? Is Jesuit. it Jesuit? Jesuit. Is it Jesuit? Jesuit? Jesuit. Jesuit. Yeah, that's it. It's J -E it. It's a sing-songy. S-U-I-T. I'm assuming it's Jesuit. Uh, I'm assuming it wouldn't be pronounced the French way, especially if it's in Alabama. <laughs> Well, yeah, in Alabama, I think they call it Jesuit, but I'm yeah. going to say Jesuit. Jesuit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so at that point, she decided maybe she wanted to be a nun, but then uh, she, she couldn't hack it. She couldn't hack it at Jesuit school. And Did uh, she just want to be a nun because, like, she never thought she could fuck? Oh, maybe. Like, I feel like that's a much better ending of this screenplay of this young woman who got teased for having hairy arms. Yeah. Like, she was just like, I'll make Jesus my husband. But then when that didn't work, she was like, okay, I guess I'll like join a murder family. But you know that you would definitely, uh, if she was such an annoying person that no matter what she did, she was always getting teased. Uh, she would have other nuns being like, even God doesn't want to date you. I will say, though, I do really wish that we had, like, the alternate dimension where she was a murdering nun, because uh -huh. that's, like, a much more interesting story to me. Like, a nun joining the Manson family. Like, that's <laughs> fucking fascinating. So she lasted one semester, and then she moved back in with, um, moved back to L.A. with the stepsister again. Who, uh, one source says stepsister was on heroin. I don't know if I believe it. Yeah, I mean, I feel I like maybe stepsister was just skinny and she just told people she was on heroin. <laughs> she was like, sorry, <laughs> I'm on heroin. My sister's fat. Clearly, she's not. <laughs> like, she was literally like, I just don't want to be like my fat sister. So I'm going to get addicted to heroin. Like, <laughs> so uh, when she was living with her sister, who lived in Manhattan Beach, I don't know a lot about Manhattan Beach. All I know is that I've never known a broke person who lives there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I know legit nothing about Manhattan Beach, and I surely don't know what it was like in, you know, the early 60s or whatever. Yeah, I could be wrong, though. I could just be stereotyping it because it has the word beach in the name. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but it was there that uh, she met Manson. She met Charles Manson. He was hanging out with two other girls. Lynette and Mary. And uh, somehow they, they ended up in his van. Yeah, I mean, well, you know when you hang out with people and sometimes you just end up in their van? <laughs> That's like a classic human experience. It's a universal experience. <laughs> so they're, they're in this van. If I had a dollar <laughs> for every time, it was just like, oh my God, I'm hanging out. And then I blinked and I was in a van. <laughs> in this short, long-haired man's van. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. He's really small, but the van's like way bigger than a car. So <laughs> it's crazy. He made the van seem huge, though, because he was so little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he made the van seem like a like full, like a tour bus. He was like, I could jump and not even touch the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. He with was my like arm stretched out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're in the van and apparently they're they're doing drugs. And then they end up ha having a I don't know if they had a threesome immediately 
or if that was well, only in the TV shows. Them, unless one of them was a watcher. But we know that we know that Patty Kay said that she. Oh right, because two Manson, plus one plus one is four. The first person yeah. to ever call her beautiful. Later, you find out he didn't. He didn't mean that. Um, by the way. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's so fucked up. Well, I don't know if I'm like emotionally prepared to hear that. <laughs> listeners, again, uh, Patricia lost her virginity to Charles Manson, and. Yeah, she wasn't fucking in the nunnery. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they fucked for five hours. Um, though that, oh. that could have just been them losing track of time because they were on drugs. Uh, <laughs> or because they were in a van where time doesn't exist. <laughs> or clocks. <laughs> yeah. You know how, like, space-time ceases to exist in any van? <laughs> Haven't you seen which of the Avengers movies is it where Ant-Man, like, fixes space-time in the back of a van? Oh, I don't. I didn't see that one. All right. I think it was Endgame. Oh, okay. I always put that yeah. on when, when I leave the house so that my, my cats aren't bored. Um, so I've technically watched Very it like cats. 10 times, but I've never actually watched it. Okay, great. <laughs> Neighbors probably fucking hate me for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, so afterwards, yeah, he looked at her and was like, uh, you're beautiful or whatever. And then uh, she was like, that was the first time anyone ever called me beautiful. Now, later in an interview with Diane Sawyer, again, Diane Sawyer is fucking pulls out the gems. Uh, yeah, because she said, used to be fat, too. She gets it. <laughs> he said, like 80% of her brand is that she was fat. Diane Sawyer, really? She, like, lost a bunch of weight very publicly. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. I only remember. I mean, I might completely be making this up. Who the fuck knows? I'll, I'll look it up and delete it if it's wrong. Okay. So he said to, he said to her, well, Patricia wasn't, wasn't really one for looks. She wasn't, she wasn't beautiful, but she had, like, but she was smart. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he did think she was beautiful at the time, because, again, he was on a lot of drugs, but I do think, I, what I want to know is, was this before or after he started calling her Katie? Like, when he said, before. you're so beautiful, Kate, like, did he say, you're so beautiful, Katie? Because he just renamed her. So maybe he was talking to somebody else and she just took credit for it. And just like, he was too tired and drugged out to like explain to her that he was calling somebody else beautiful named Katie. But like, this bitch stuck in the van. So I guess she's Katie now. You oh, get what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe. He 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 renamed everyone though. He renamed all those. Yeah, but the Katie. Girls. It's just Katie. What? Yeah. Oh, they also called her Big Patty, which again she had like she six wasn't nicknames. Fat. <laughs> but like she wasn't fat. <laughs> like I don't know how else to communicate this. Like she was like okay, fine. Jury's still out on how hairy she was. Like we don't know. <laughs> she wore long sleeves. I get it. She had an endocrine condition, which, again, I don't even know how we know that, but, like, okay. She was not fat. Well, by 1947 standards, right? But also kind of... Oh, we're it's in 67 only, now. Only we're in 67. Right, right, right. hippie in 60s. Right, right. Well, also, very rec- until very recently, it wasn't even okay to have a butt if you're white. I mean, that's you know? true. Like, but white again, people are scared of having... Patty is just so <laughs> egregious. Yeah. Like, it's just like, what... Also, she's just not bigger than any of the any of the other bitches. She was like, maybe like a size ten, maybe, maybe like maybe. I don't know how lady sizes work. I'm just guessing. I mean, I don't. I'm assuming either. I don't know I don't eight or ten. Bags. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Her other nicknames, Yellow, was one of them. Yellow, um, probably because of her endocrine condition. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what an endocrine condition is, but I feel like if it makes you hairy, it might also make you yellow. Like I don't know. It's a hor- It's a hormones thing. Uh, it's like I, I think it's isn't it like a thyroid thing? thing? But I don't know what it actually is. Okay, Marianne Scott was an was I don't know if that was an alias or if that was a nickname. Uh, and also Marnie Reeves, which I don't know where the fuck that came from. That's a very legit a sounding name. name. A pet it's like name? an organic thing that comes out after you climax. You know what I mean? Like, he was like, oh, that feels great. Marnie Reeves. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Stupid. do it harder, Marnie Reeves. Like, I get it. It's sexy. <laughs> so uh, she she met Charles Manson, immediately fell in love with, madly in love with him because she thought that he felt that she was beautiful and immediately left her job, her car, and and uh, apparently, multiple sources found this very important to mention, her last paycheck. He had uh, this old school bus, and they just, uh, they went on tour, doing drugs, 
and they called themselves wood nymphs. They, yeah, they were fucking weirdos. Uh, and it was just him and a bunch of women. Like there were no men. Right? I mean, there was a couple men, but it was well, there mostly men women. until Dennis Wilson, right? Oh, that the Dennis Wilson story is f- fucking ridiculous. Okay, so they went on tour, right? Which meant they were just running around in the woods and doing drugs and fucking uh, in what the woods in, in different always different do when they're states. On tour. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a classic comedy tour. <laughs> like every time you see any indie comedian with like all their dates at random bar shows across the country, they're they're just woods. doing acid in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so 1968 in the summer, Patricia and this woman named Ella Bailey. And I believe Tex was with them, but he wasn't actually mentioned in a few versions of the story. Um, but they were hitchhiking, and they got picked up by this guy who tells them that his name is Dennis Wilson. And they later put together that he's the drummer of the Beach Boys. And founder, right? Right. He invites them to his house. Who wouldn't? Because he's like, hey, I'm doing a recording session. You guys are into music, right? Do you want to, you know, just being a nice fucking guy? And they get to his house. Or maybe he wasn't being a nice guy because they were two very young girls. Uh, Yeah, but one of them was fat, hairy. And and annoying. (laughs) And yellow, evidently. (laughs) So so they get to to his house. And uh, what do they do? They call Charles and they're like hey um we should stay here they haven't asked Dennis they invite the entire fucking quote unquote family which is how many people at this point like eight it's it's enough people to not be except even like remotely I mean I would say it's like inviting just Charles Manson wouldn't be that dope like (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I feel like there is a difference between, like, eight and, like, 50. Like, I was like, was the vibe, mm. like, Wolf of Wall Street? Or was the vibe, like, a dorm room? You know what I mean? Like, what, <laughs> like, what was happening? What we do know is that uh, they destroyed his house. Yeah, but, like, I could destroy his house. <laughs> like, again, that doesn't help me with how many people were there. Yeah, I don't like, know. I destroyed my own apartment this weekend. It's maybe, I don't know. I, I'm thinking maybe, like, 10, 15, 20 people. All right. I'll take that. Uh, they ate all his food. They threw parties. I mean, well, Fat Patty obviously couldn't <laughs> eat all his food alone. Clearly. <laughs> she was a size eight. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, after, after destroying the house, and uh, one, one source says, after, quote, causing uh, Dennis Wilson financial problems. I don't know what the fuck that means. Maybe the neighbors are threatening to kick him out of the housing association. I don't know. Where was this yeah. mansion at? Probably in, uh, like, Brentwood or something. Yeah, that that tracks. And uh, so eventually they left. <laughs> and... And he was like, see you, pals. <laughs> like, right. The Dennis Wilson of this all is very confusing. Why are people picking up hitchhikers? Why has that ever been okay? I mean, I feel like the technical reason that we're supposed to say is because it was the 60s. But, like, I reject that. Hitchhikers have been killing people for a long time. I know, but I feel like in the 60s, everybody was, like, free love. And, like, it's, like, for some reason, picking up hitchhikers, like, felt like a protest against Vietnam. Like, it was just a lot of really misguided, like, protesting. Yeah, that's crazy. So, 1969, Patricia moves to a ranch. The George Spahn Ranch, which is uh, in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. Uh, this old blind guy didn't know what he was getting into. Let them live there. So Patricia ends up being the, the group's babysitter, which, you know, when I used to hear about the story as a, as a kid, and um, I mean, even as an adult, I never really considered the fact that there were kids living there. Yeah, I mean, from what I could tell, she had, like, a very maternal energy, and that was, like, a lot of her vibe. Like, it kind of seems like she was the mom and Charles was the dad. I just, it's just wild that children were living on the fucking Manson Ranch. I just always assumed that it was a bunch of a But were they, like, full-blown children, or was that just what they called, like, the cult members? No, there were babies. There were literal literal babies. I mean, yeah, I guess if they were just fucking all the time, babies would be born. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, well, I that had literally never occurred to me. I always, when they talked about, like, the children, I always assumed it was, like, their word for, like, the followers of Charles Manson. Okay, so 1969, August of 1969 is when the thing happens. Now, let's talk about real quick what led up to the thing. For those of you listening, we're going to be talking about the Manson murder, the Tate murders, which you've heard of this, I'm sure. If you haven't, we'll get into it. But a lot of people don't know this. Most people probably do. But Charles Manson and Hitler had a lot in common, right? <laughs> they, they both <laughs> didn't like black people uh, or Jews. Or gay people, or probably disabled people, and they <laughs> like also most people didn't he want? He was like only the family was supposed to survive. He yeah. wanted to bring about the apocalypse. Yeah, they were also failed artists. Hitler had his paintings. Charles Manson right. was actually, uh, from what I hear, a decent musician. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of why Dennis Wilson kept him around. Yeah, potentially. Charles, when he used to want to be a musician, you know, kind of like singer, songwriter, acoustic guitar kind of a guy, was close to getting a record deal and got snubbed on his record deal. Now, the guy he considered responsible for not having a music career used to live in the house where all of this took place. Okay, I did not know that. And honestly, my big question for you is like, I know about the murders and I still to this day do not know why... Sharon Tate was a target. She wasn't. The house was a target. And who, the house was a target. Whoever though. happened to be in and around the house. Him. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. But I didn't know what the real, like, I didn't know if it was like a magic coordinate or like what happened. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It so was the because... previous inhabitant of the house is the guy that Charles Manson blamed for not having a music career. Right. He had a vendetta against the guy who used to live in the house. And on top of that, he was familiar with the house. He knew how to get in and out. He'd been there Do we before. think he knew that, like, that guy had moved out? Because Absolutely. Because he wasn't there when the murders took place, right? He just sent right. off the people. He knew, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, that was just, like, his arbitrary reason for picking that house. I mean, aside from, from being familiar with the layout. So, August 9th, 1969. There's a party at this house. It used to be 10050. CLO Drive. And uh, now it's a completely different address because it got tore down and rebuilt, given a different address. But that's what it was. It was a CLO house. There's a party going on. Not a Beach Boys party. Like, it was like, there were like five people there, right? Well, there were five people. There were supposed to be more people. Sharon Tate was there. Somebody's astrologer told them it wasn't a good day to go to La Cielo Drive. Well, you know who else was supposed to be there? Roman Polanski? No, he was on site. Well, Roman, like, Roman Polanski oh, was, was away shooting uh, a movie and probably m- molesting underage girls in France or yeah. something. Quincy Jones was supposed to be there. Oh, shit. And Steve McQueen was supposed to be there. Oh, shit. Quincy Jones had something come up last minute, couldn't make it. Steve McQueen wanted to invite his girlfriend. Girlfriend didn't want to go. So oh my God, he, we he could have never had Rashida Jones. Yeah. Because she was born after 1969, right? Yeah. <gasps> That's very upsetting. Amy Poehler owes her whole career to this one decision. Exactly. Okay, so there's a party going on. Uh, Sharon Tate is there. Wife of Roman Polanski. Right. Stephen Parent was a kid who was apparently visiting um, a groundskeeper or something. Abigail Folger. Yes, of of Folger. Of Folger Coffee. A coffee heiress uh-huh. was there. Again, just so that if we're keeping score at home, I read the term a coffee heiress while I was researching for this podcast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dear Lord, the 60s were a different time. This this uh, aspiring screenwriter named Wojciech Frakowski, Jay Sebring, who was a hairdresser to the stars. Now, apparently, Jay Sebring might be played by James Franco in a movie. This is at a time when haircuts cost like $2, okay? Jay Sebring was charging $50 for haircuts. Damn. He would fly to to Las Vegas every two weeks to cut uh, Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr.'s hair. Dope. This guy was a big deal. He pioneered uh, the the technique. Uh, in Hollywood, No one, everyone was getting buzz cuts still in this, this period of time. They were getting their hair cut with clippers. Uh, he started using scissors, and people were like, oh, my God. Oh, bougie. And hair, hair, uh, hair dryers. Also, Sharon Tate's ex. They were still friends. 
friends, quote unquote friends, still friends. And then uh, who else was there? I think that was it. That was everyone. Now, Charles Manson drops off uh, Patricia and uh, two other people. And it's just like, go inside and fuck shit up. Yeah. Like fully, that was it. They were like, just fucking kill everyone. Yeah. Just fuck them up. And, you know, we don't have to go into all the details of how everyone was was murdered. Yeah. I mean, I think we should just say that, like, Patricia fully, like, stabbed Sharon Tate to death, like, very aggressively, which is just like, this is not like a like, oh, like we're shooting guns. Like, I feel like when you think of like attacks like that, like Blondie and Clyde style, I guess, because in my head, that's everything that happened in the late 60s and 70s. Yeah. But like, this was literally like stabbing people multiple times like it was not just like a large scale like attack everything in the house and knock shit over like it was literally like i'm going to stab a woman that's eight and a half months pregnant which is fucking terrifying right and uh the guy who was with them uh who was named nicknamed tex uh, because he's from texas so fucking hack. Uh, yeah, I'm so jealous he had a reason for his nickname. I guess I'm not <laughs> jealous. I don't know why I'm identifying with Patricia right now, but like, come on. <laughs> like, well, he had a gun. He was the only one who had a gun. And uh, he was shooting people and stabbing them, which logistically seems like a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Can you like imagine just wielding a gun and a knife at, a, at the same time? That just seems like, that seems like crazy person behavior, aside from everything else that they did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sharon was stabbed something like 50 or 60 times. The poor kid who was visiting someone on the property, and that's the only reason he was there, they, they shot him a bunch of times and stabbed him. Uh, same thing with uh, Wojcik, the screenwriter guy, was sleeping on the couch. They killed him. I believe Jay might have been one of the first to die because he tried to convince them to let Sharon go because she was pregnant. But it's just like, okay, just confirm for me, like... They did not know who would be at this party when they went in. Like, this was not, like, it's premeditated in that they were like, we're going to go murder a bunch of people. But it wasn't like, no, there wasn't, we're going to kill Sharon Tate. Like, they didn't know who the fuck was going to be there. Right. And, and, you know, I don't even think they knew who anyone was. They, they didn't seem like the type of people to be like, to care about yeah. weekly. Yeah, right. And uh, Abigail Folger almost got away. She was able to to run out by the pool and through the gate by the pool onto the front lawn. But Patricia chased her down and tackled her and stabbed her. Apparently stabbed her so many times that at some point Abigail was she like She said I'm dead. She said stop stabbing me. I'm already dead. But yeah, Patricia did a, a lot of the stabbing and she was she was very much into it. Now Yeah, which Ugh. like ch- tackling like it's just it's really that is right? you're not gonna let one person get away that is a girl that was called harry for a long time <laughs> like that's also again more proof that she was not fat she was like really like she could run very far even michael myers wouldn't would never tackle someone you know jason Voorhees never tackled anyone he would just wait for you to trip. They were probably on drugs, at, but when they did the drugs, were like, this is the goal. So it's like, okay, like, if I decided to clean my kitchen and got really drunk before I cleaned my kitchen, but then cleaned my kitchen, like, I would still do it, but I'd probably do it in, like, a much zanier way. <laughs> so I feel like it was like the, the flourishes were probably drug-induced. The goal was like Michael Myers I don't think was like tripping on acid you know what I mean like it was there was a goal and he succeeded but like they had a lot of like flourishes that's the only word I can think of which is like a really weird word for that but like I feel like those were drug induced too bad Roman Polanski wasn't there huh (laughs) noted child rapist Roman Polanski Uh, yeah if anyone deserved child rapist (laughs) if anyone deserved it now, no one, uh, no one was found until the next morning. Now, I don't know how big this house is that, that no one heard all the screaming next door, but no one was able to call the police or anything because uh, I believe it was Tex who had climbed a telephone pole outside the house and cut the phone lines before they went inside. None of the, the people were arrested yet. Two days later, Patricia's back at it, they complained to, to Charles Manson that the first murders that he had them do were, were messy, difficult. Complained they didn't have the right tools. Ugh. He drops them off at another house 
You know, uh, one source says that um, he wanted to show them the right way to kill someone, and he attempted a murder, but didn't go through with it. I'm like, who is this nameless, faceless person who Charles Manson tried to kill before these other murders happened, but didn't succeed? I really want to know that person's story. Yeah, what are the details? No, I couldn't find those details anywhere. Yeah, if anyone at home knows those details or, like, knows how to find this person, I'm very interested in talking to them. Yeah, it's crazy. So he drops them off at another random house that the only reason he drops them off at this house was because he had been to a party in the house next door. Why were all these people inviting Charles Manson to their parties? Because he was the guy with a guitar who just showed up, probably. But they kept, like, it's kind of like, the way they describe him is, like, he's so charismatic, but I'm like, he's not. Like, I... Uh, looking at pictures of him, he just always has crazy eyes. Yeah, like, I just don't get, well, all right. I wouldn't fall under his spell. I guess I'm very advanced. I guess therapy's working for me. No, maybe he just always had drugs for everybody. Where did he buy all these drugs? Like, how did he have money he probably, to buy drugs? He probably got the women who he had under his spell to give them all of his all of their money. He needs to have, like, it's a chicken or the egg situation. Like, if they or can't be under his drugs. spell until he gives them drugs. Maybe he made his money by selling drugs. Okay. All right, I'd buy that. Unless he was busking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know how lucrative that is. Yeah. <laughs> so he drops them off at this house in Los Feliz that is owned by a guy who owns a grocery store, a grocery CEO, and his wife. Lino LaBianca and Rosemary LaBianca. And uh, they killed the shit out of them in very, very disturbing fashion. They Similar, wrote, yeah, it was more of the same. A lot of like, stabbing. A lot of stabbing. A lot of stabbing. And uh, Patricia apparently did it. Also did a lot of, Patricia did a lot of stabbing of people after they were already dead. Yeah, that seemed to be a big part. And also, at some point, there was an interview where they asked, like, what were you thinking or what were you feeling? And she was like, what do you mean? Like, nothing. Which, again, I'm saying she's just completely cut off from empathy, like, completely. Like, I feel like she probably couldn't even tell the difference between when they were alive and when they were dead because it was so, like, not affecting to her that this was, like, a human being. Yeah. They killed them. They wrote a bunch of weird shit on the walls. And in their bodies, right? Oh, yeah. Tex later said that um, he did it, even though in earlier accounts said that uh, one of the women did it. He carved the word war into the the guy's abdomen. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, so they did that, and then they bounced. Also, where is Charles Manson while this is happening? He's just chilling. Like, in the parking lot? No, I think he was back home. I think he was probably like, Hey kids, just call me when you're done and I'll come pick you up. You know? Like a cool. dad, like a like dad. Dropping them at the movies. Getting, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so so that that happened. They committed seven seven murders. What was it, his reason to them that he didn't want to be there? I don't know. You know, I mean, I know his reason to himself was probably like, if they ever get caught, they did it. I didn't do it. So I'm not going to jail. But, uh, Even though I'm their cult leader. Right. But, like, I I don't understand how he convinced them that he shouldn't be there. Right. If they all thought he was, like, in charge. Right. And this was all at his behest. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, I'm not sure exactly how anyone got caught. I'm assuming forensic evidence, considering they were just running around smearing blood all over everything and... Yeah, I'm gonna say like covered it in wasn't blood. very hard. But uh, I don't. I also, don't have like the... they fully admitted it. Like in their trial, they're like, "Yeah, bitch." Like they like they were not trying to not get caught. They were like, "We're trying to bring about an apocalypse," and like we don't give a fuck. Well, I know that they were initially arrested because for stealing a car, right? Yeah, L.A. County Sheriff's Department was flying over the ranch in helicopters. And they saw all these car parts and shit on the ranch. And so they suspected that they were stealing cars. Yeah. Uh, so they rounded oh, everyone had up. had they only been stealing cars. Yeah. They rounded everyone up and arrested them for auto theft. But they had to let them go because 
they didn't serve the search warrant correctly. Yeah. And once they were arrested, people just started leaving. They were like, let me get out of here before shit really happens. That was a close call. Manson moves everyone to a different ranch uh, near Death Valley. And they're again stealing cars and turning them into dune buggies for some reason. Oh, I guess because they're, they're getting ready for the apocalypse, right? They're Mad Maxing it up. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. Making, how did they have the skill, the mechanical engineering skills to turn cars into dune buggies? Okay. We don't know that they did it successfully at all. We just know it was a goal. And also, you reminded me with Mad Max. How did none of these women ever shave their heads? Oh, true. Like, I feel like that's a go-to. Like, I just feel like if you're going to have a psychotic break and start killing people, you're supposed to shave your head. Like, I feel like we all agreed upon that. And you know everyone smelled so bad, too, because everyone had long-ass hair, long-ass beards. They were never showering. No deodorant. In the wilderness. Ugh. Okay, now the first time they were got arrested, Patricia's dad bails her out of jail. After that, she runs to Alabama. Uh, actually, Charles tells her to go to Alabama, probably because he doesn't want to deal with her anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, but he also says, he's like, I'll call for you, but then he gets arrested, like, the next day or something. Yeah, so Susan is in jail for some other shit. She's still in jail, waiting to get bailed out for the whole... Uh, the second time they got arrested for stealing cars. While she's in jail, she starts bragging to her cellmates about the murders. Being like, hey, yeah, those people who just got killed, yeah, I did it. We did it. Was she just trying to, like, posture to, like, be a tough bitch in jail? Or was she just really proud of herself? Like, I'm curious how much of it was, like, a self-protection thing. Yeah. Like, don't fuck with me. Right. So her cellmate snitched. They were like, they, you know, they probably went to, they're like, uh, can I talk to the warden? Hey, yeah, I'm really scared. <laughs> yeah. My also, can you let me person? out for like my dime bag of weed? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that is what led to everyone else getting arrested was Susan Atkins trying to look tough when she probably didn't even need to. But we're glad she did. Yeah. I, we put some bad people in jail. Yeah. So they extradited Patricia from Alabama. She tried to lie. Oh, what a sentence. That's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. Extradited (laughs) from Alabama. Like, oh, Jesus. Uh Well, I feel like if you're going to get extradited from somewhere, it should be like the Maldives. Right. Tex got extradited from Texas. Fine. Alabama. That really. Oh, that's something about that doesn't sit right with me. Now she tried to say she tried to lie to the cops and and say I I I was only here because uh, I'm so scared of of Charles Manson and he's gonna kill me and uh, he you know he made me do these things I, I mean, didn't want to be fair, do. Uh, he uh, may have <laughs> she may have honestly been afraid of that nah mm. I feel like she was she was still in love with him though yeah but you could be in love with people and think they're gonna kill you. Oh, I guess. I don't know what that's like, but I'll I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, February 1970 is when she gets shipped uh, to California. She actually decided to go voluntarily because I guess she didn't want to deal with the whole extradition. Uh, but process. also she spent the entire trial like drawing pictures of devils. Yeah. Like she didn't get, she gave no fucks at trial. Like she literally like, can you imagine being that lawyer just being like, can you just stop <laughs> drawing the fucking devil? Like help a bitch out. Like what do you want me to do? Like I, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I just imagine her also um, borrowing her lawyer's fucking you know that yellow ruled long ass notepad? Oh yeah. Like of I just want I want to write you a note and her lawyer fucking and it's hands just her like the pentacles. notepad. <laughs> it's like Jesus fucking Christ. She draws the devil and then hands it to to her lawyer like it's a note. She like passes yeah, like, it, slides it across the table. Like use this, use this evidence. <laughs> like honestly, it's the kind of shit that makes me surprised that she didn't pull some like I'm gonna defend myself shit. Right. Now her her lawyer, poor Paul Fitzgerald, right? He tried to say, okay, listen, yes, her fingerprints were inside the house, but for all we know, she could have been a guest or a friend. Totally. Yeah, Doesn't this seem like a friend of 
Sharon and Rose. Like, what? Sharon Tate and her fucking hairdresser to the star's friend. This Did they fucking... not even attempt to plead insanity? No. This sexy-ass couple and all of their sexy friends were like, what? You know what this party's missing, guys? <laughs> like a hairy yellow bitch. Like, What? <laughs> How did they not plead insanity when she's like, when I read that she was just sitting there drawing <laughs> devils, I was like, oh, she was trying to plead insanity, obviously. Uh, nope. Uh, Jesus. They would, uh, and during the trial, her and uh, the other two girls who were in jail with her, they would walk around uh, holding hands, singing Manson songs. They knew his songs. That was the I- only way he could get any spins. Yeah, Jesus, that's just, that's not quite the press you want, but like, you know. I like to think somebody was like outside, like selling his CDs out of the trunk of their car. Yeah, right? Like he was outside selling <laughs> They did shave their heads at this point. Oh, fuck, did they? Uh-huh. That brings me great joy, because again, something really didn't sit right with me, believing that they continued to have like long hair this whole time. Yeah, they did it in solidarity, because Charles Manson had shaved his head at this point, and uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he's, he carved a swastika in his forehead, but they did X's on theirs because I guess they were like, we might be crazy, but we're not <laughs> racist. They were like, we're just dainty. <laughs> we're Nazi sympathizers. Excuse me. <laughs> so the trial lasted nine months. How? How? This bitch is literally sitting there drawing devils on a legal pad. Like, what? How? Now, I believe the trial was, it was everyone they were trying so i don't believe it was her trial personally that lasted nine months i'm assuming that they were kind of tried as a group maybe there's a trial everyone goes to trial at once and then we'll i watched the good wife i know about this shit Uh, so she was convicted of uh seven seven counts i believe of uh of murder and was given the death penalty on march 29th 1971 and it was overturned in what, 72? People versus Anderson, 1972. Yeah, and so everybody who got the death penalty, it just reverted to life in jail, right? Yeah, People versus Anderson was a Supreme Court decision in 1972 that found the death penalty to be uh, unconstitutional. So all death penalty sentences prior to 1972 were commuted to life in prison. This got bitch it. got so lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd call her <laughs> based on this whole storyline. Patricia has been on death row since 1972. Now, People versus Anderson was overturned since then. So she might still get the death penalty at some point in time. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But she has been on death row since 1972. Longer than anyone, I think, or any woman, yeah, at least, yeah, yeah, definitely any woman. Because she went to jail when she was twenty-one years old, and now she's seventy-three. Yeah, and supposedly now she like really likes to like read and like is an AA and is just like they call she her- like teaches literacy to inmates, and it's like, yeah. bitch, you killed seven people. Like, well, they call her a model prisoner. They say she has a quote perfect record. She's never been written up. She's, uh... Well, clearly she is very into obeying authority. So that tracks for me. (laughs) She got her bachelor's from the University of Laverne. She, uh, yeah, she's in, she's in AA and NA. And, uh, apparently, uh, likes, she, she likes poetry and playing the guitar. And, um, she, I don't know. How is she still playing on a prison volleyball team? What a shitty volleyball team. I would be so mad if I was in prison. I'd be like, can I, can I not? Do I have to have the 73-year-old fucking serial killer on my team? Now she also gives dance lessons. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> no. Like, I have no interest in visualizing that. What kind of dance? I want to know. Who's taking the lesson? Patricia Krenwinkel taught me how to milli rock in jail. Yeah, like, I'm not worried about her. I'm worried about the people that are taking her dance lessons. Like, it's one thing if you're illiterate and she's teaching you how to read. Like, it's like, okay, like, if she's offering, like, that's super important and, like, okay. But being like, hey, can we uh, foxtrot and then maybe you'll kill me or, like, tell me about killing me? Like, I just can't. She's also appealed a bunch and she keeps, like, not being able to 
get off, right? She's had her appeals rejected more times than um, anyone, I think, in, in the history of the, the U.S. prison system. Yeah, she appeals every, like, six years. Yeah, which you're allowed to do. But uh, 14 yeah. times they've rejected her her parole. For next, uh, she's up for parole, uh, up for an appeal again in uh, 2022. I just don't understand why she didn't plead insanity. Like, that just makes so little sense to me. Like, she was insane. Was clearly. she? I mean, you can plead temporary insanity. Yeah, I guess. Like, but it was, it was fairly premeditated. And uh, they repeated it <laughs> over the course of, you know, 48 hours. So they, yeah, they took no, a break I mean, for two days. Don't get me wrong. It it's again. not dope. Like, I'm not, like, pro Patty. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, how long would a, a bout of insanity last, you know? Would, would you kill five people and then take a break for two days and then kill, th- kill two more people? I mean, does, I'm not a doctor. So I don't know. <laughs> right? Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, uh, but yeah, uh, apparently she is, uh, she finally uh, has experienced remorse. Uh, She's been remorseful for a while, which, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I believe it. And even if I did believe it, I, I'd be like, "Mm." you're only remorseful because you're getting old and you're like, oh, I'm probably going to die soon. I should probably be sorry about these people that I killed in case hell is real. Oh my God. Also, like, I'm not into, like, revenge or punishment. Like, I don't believe in the death penalty. Like, I just, like, for me, it's like, are you a danger to society? And, like, she clearly is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, And also, if no, you're, if stay you're there in because... good, good enough shape to be teaching dance and playing volleyball, you're in good enough shape to murder again. For sure. Like, absolutely. Like, so, if she like, were decrepit no. and, like, just a broken down old person i would say okay let her out of jail she's not well, gonna also, hurt anybody again, i don't want to like take away her like ownership but like you can look at this as like ultimately it's a cycle of abuse right like i don't know charles manson's whole childhood story but like there was you know he was abusing her in some way right like he was psychologically and emotionally if not physically abusing her right yeah and so it would not be out of the question that if she got out, she'd start her own cult or yeah. like start getting other people to like, like she wouldn't take a page out of his fucking playbook. You know what I mean? Like right. that's not a crazy fear mm-hmm. because like most people who perper- perpetuate horrible things like that experience horrible things. So like just the fact that she has been up acting as a pawn for this fucking psychopath means she's quite capable of trying to become the kingpin you know what i mean yeah totally that's where she's at now she's still at the california institution for women in chino california with ryan atwood ryan atwood uh from the oc obviously (laughs) okay uh yeah she don't watch the oc because ryan Uh, atwood goes to the prison in chino i mean the men's prison in chino nope but still ryan atwood and patricia krenwinkel were have been quite close to each other oh clearly across across the road in separate facilities so since then well since the the beginning they've made like 15 movies this patricia has more imdb credits than I will ever have, probably. Great. She's a <laughs> love to see it. Yeah, she's had like at least twelve people play her in, in different TV shows and movies. Most recent one was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the Margot same. Margot Robbie played Sharon Tate, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. And okay. the woman who played Patricia in Once Upon a Time on Hollywood also played Patricia on that short-lived uh, Aquarius. So you have any? Do you have any final words about this this crazy story? No, just Patricia was not fat. Um, she's currently not fat. We don't want her on our team. Please stop propagating this internet. <laughs> like if you're gonna make up a lie, just continue to make Charles Manson shorter and shorter. Stop making Patricia fatter and fatter. It's not working. And I mean, this is fucking bonkers. And damn, I am shocked. And how much I was able to read about this without getting very upset because I'm very squeamish. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. What do you have coming up that you might want people to to check out? Well, you 
know, global panty and whatnot, so I'm not really performing a ton. Uh-huh. Um, but I have a podcast called Melodramatic Teen Universe, okay, uh, which you can find anywhere uh, online. And not anywhere online. Like if you go to Ask Jeeves, I don't think he can help you. But like wherever you get podcasts. And I also recently launched a Patreon where I'm doing some like special, you know, content and hot takes and videos and articles and all kinds of good stuff. So you can check that out. And uh, my social handle is just at Emily Duke. Ha ha. And that's got links to everything. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, because I'm a youth. And follow me. Are you a youth? What's up? I'm a youth in a way. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm 31. Does that okay. help? Okay. Is that a youth? It's, it's like, youth, I'm 10 it's years older than Patricia was when she went to jail. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, Emily, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. That was episode 64 of Women Who Kill. I always forget to say this, by the way. I'm Kai Choice. If you don't know that, you should. But yeah, if you like the what you heard, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating leave a review. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.